Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on the Tulia Christian Fellowship Podcast. For more information or to give online, visit us at tcf.church. First Saturday is coming up this Saturday night. Java Cafe will open at 4.30. Service will start at 5.30. We'd love to see you there. Praise God. This beginning of January, uh, Vicki and I and our kids and some other of you uh, went to Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo. They do uh, services every year called Zion. And they do them Sunday morning, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And we attended those services. <clears throat> and I use it as a time just to kick off my year spiritually. And I'm always encouraged and ministered to and refreshed. And on Sunday night, they have a man there named Chuck Pierce. And uh, he has a prophetic ministry. Now, if the word prophetic kind of makes you feel strange or weird, all prophetic means is the future. And uh, he comes and he shares about what God's stirring in his heart for the body of Christ, for the church. And so I want to take some time this morning and talk to you a little bit about what he said is coming and what's going on in the church and what's going on in the body of Christ. The Bible is a prophetic book. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that the Bible talks about the past, it talks about the present, and it talks about the future. We're a prophetic people. What does that mean? Well, that means we have a future. You see, I'm going to spend eternity in the kingdom. I have a future. You have a future. So there's nothing weird about prophecy. There's nothing strange about it. It just means that God's moving in our lives today and that we have a prophetic future. And he, uh, while we were there, one of the speakers gave a very simple example of the fivefold ministry gift that I thought was very good, and I wanted to give it to you. And he used his hand, and he said, the first is the apostle, Then the apostle touches all the other fingers and all the other ministry gifts. The second's the prophet, and what the prophet does is the prophet points and says, hey, let's go this way. And so what I'm going to show you this morning are some things that God's saying he's going to do in the future. The next is the evangelist, and uh, everybody hold up their middle finger. Y'all are going to do it, are you? Yeah, yeah. The year, like, I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. Do you remember when you were a kid and you would drive your car like this in school and the teacher would say, stop doing that, right? Well, the evangelist uh, comes and shows up and says, you need Jesus. And if you don't get him, you're going to go to hell. Then the pastor is the ring finger and he's married to the church. And then the last, the little finger represents the teacher who, who takes the word of God and breaks it down into bite-sized pieces so you can receive it and you can learn and grow. Well, what we're going to do this morning is let you see some things that Chuck Pierce said. And uh, I just want to share them with you and minister to you. So let's jump in. Here we go. He said that, of course, this is the year 2018, and that the number eight in the Bible means first or new beginnings. It means first or new beginnings. That's what the the number eight. So he referenced 2018 to being a year of firsts or a year of new beginnings. I want to read to you in Isaiah 43, starting with verse 19. Listen to what God's word says. God says, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Listen, God wants to do some new things in your life this year. God wants to do some new things in your life this year. And he talked about how as a people that we're coming out of seasons and we're being born into a new season and how God wants to bring us into a new place and into a new season. Now, let me just take a minute 
and talk to you for just a few minutes about seasons. Now, I'm not talking about fall and winter. I'm talking about the seasons in our life. Every one of us in this room are in a certain season of our life. Now, let me just give you some simple examples. When you were single and you got married, you moved into a new season. When you and your mate had your first child and began to have children, you moved into a new season. When you had your first child either graduate from high school or go into college, that was a new season. Maybe a new job is a season. I can tell you that Vicki and I have moved into a new season in our life because we have our first grandchild. Now think about in your life how God has seasons. There's things he's doing in your life. Okay, you could be an empty nester, you can be retiring, you can be having your first child, your first child can be graduating high school, you can be having your first grandchild. There are things that change in our life, and there are seasons, and each time you move into a different season, God wants to do something in your life. Now think about those of you that are young and you have children. Okay, if you're a young couple and you have children, and your children are at home, you're in a season. And God wants to use that season for you to do what? For you to be a wife and a mother, for you to be a husband and a father, and for you to train your children. Now, here's what we know. We know how critical that season can be in our lives, don't we? If we mess up that season, that season of raising our kids, uh, you can suffer a long time because of it. You can, in fact, suffer almost the rest of your life. So he said 2018 is a year of new beginnings, It's a year of firsts, and that as we come out of a season, God wants to bring you and your family into a new season, into some new beginnings, into some things he wants to do in your life. Here's the next thing he said. Don't miss the season you're in. I think men sometimes can struggle with this more than women. I know lots of men who are in their later seasons of life, they're in their 50s and 60s and 70s, but they want to pretend like they're in their 20s and their 30s. Now, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, Proverbs says that the old man's glory is his gray hair. Now, I don't have any hair. But if I had some, it'd be gray, amen? What that means is wisdom. You see, the glory of an older man is supposed to be his wisdom, The glory of a young man is his strength. Well, I know lots of older men who don't want anything to do with wisdom, and they want everything to do with strength. So they miss the season that they're in. Listen to this. God wants to give you a better quality of seeing. And I don't mean with your physical eyes. I mean with your spirit and with your heart. Think about being aware and being able to see what God is doing in your life to be able to see what season your life it is and to be able to see that, hey, God's at work in my life right now and I don't wanna go back into an old season. I don't wanna be in a hurry to move into the next season. I wanna allow God to move in my life and be able to do what he wants to do inside of me in 2018. Are you with me? So God wants to bring you to a place of new beginnings. Here's the next thing he talked about. God wants to bring you and I to a new gate. To a new gate. Now, let me talk to you about what that means. There's a picture of a gate. I love that. I wanted you to have a visual. Gates in the Bible always represent authority. Now, just think about in the world you and I live in. I have a gate in my backyard. 
And it's not locked or anything, but it represents my yard. And if you were to come through the gate into my backyard, in a sense, you've come into our private space, into our backyard. And I'm not saying that somebody can't come into my backyard, but if somebody were to come in your yard that you don't know, you would want to be aware of it and you'd want to know who they are. Farmers have fences and gates. Don Schulte has cattle. And gates do two things. Gates keep things in and gates keep things out. Now, if I were to drive around out in the country, I could drive on any of the dirt roads I wanted to, and nobody would think twice about it. But if I pulled over to a gate and opened a gate and went into a piece of property that I didn't know who owned it, or even if I did know who owned it, and somebody were to see me, they'd want to know what I was doing. I could go to Don Schulte's property and go in the gate. And if he saw me, you know what he'd think? wonder what Pastor Rusty's doing. You know what he'd say? He'd say, he'd say well, he doesn't know anything about cattle. I wonder what he's doing. I hope he's not looking for hamburger because if he is, he can come to the house and get some, right? Gates represent authority. Have you ever thought about that heaven has gates? Hell also has gates. The Bible says in the Old Testament that death has gates. All right, you have gates in your life. And those gates represent authority. Those gates represent your domain and your space. And he says, God wants to open new gates, new accesses into our life, things that you want to happen in your life. Have you ever thought about that your eyes are a gate and you are in charge of what you let in your eyes? Your ears are a gate and you're in charge of what you let through your gates? Your mouth is a gate, and you're in charge of what comes out of it. What did Jesus say in the New Testament? He said that it's not what you eat that defiles you, but it's what comes out of your heart and your mouth that defiles you. Your mouth is a gate. So gates represent authority, and what he said was God wants to give you a new place of access. He wants to give you new gates. Now, let me read to you out of Genesis. This is so good. You're going to love this. Genesis twenty two seventeen. This is the New King James Version. Listen to what it says. <clears throat> Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply. Your descendants as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore. Now, stop right there. God is speaking to Abraham. And God tells Abraham, I want you to go out at night. He's in the Middle East. It's dark out there. There was no lights. He said, I want you to go out and look at the stars. So he did. And he said, all the stars you see is how many descendants you're going to have. They're going to be as the sand of the sea. Now, here's what's amazing. That is you and I. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning, you are a descendant. You are an heir of Abraham. Are you with me? Okay, so this verse is talking about you. You can go over to the Old Testament, to the book of Deuteronomy, You can look up chapter 28, and that chapter is an entire list of the blessings of Abraham, and every one of them belong to you because you're an heir of Abraham, because you're in Christ Jesus. So if you know Christ this morning, you are an heir of Abraham, you are a descendant of Abraham, and everything that God promised Abraham, he's promised to you. Are you with me? This is life-changing. This is amazing. All right, now let me continue to read what it says. He says, we'll be as the sands of the seashore, and your descendants, that's us, 
That's us. We're the descendants. Your descendants will possess the gates of their enemies. Oh, my gosh. Now, let me explain to you what he's saying. I mean, you, you missed a great place to shout right there, but it's okay. Okay, I'm explaining it to you. Okay, the Bible has one enemy. It's the devil. The Bible has one hero, and it's Jesus. The Bible has one message, and it's Jesus saves. Now, like I've said before, you just were a part of Power Kids right there and didn't even know it. Amen? That's what we're teaching the kids in Power Kids. So the enemy there is not your neighbor. The enemy is the devil. Listen to it. And your descendants will possess the gates of your enemy. Now, let me talk to you for just a minute more about gates. In the Old Testament, anytime there was a city, there were walls around it to protect it, and there were gates. And the community leaders would meet at the gates, and they would kind of have it as a meeting place, and they would discuss what they were going to do in the city. They discussed strategies. They discussed plans. Are you with me? So anytime there's gates used, it's a place of authority, it's a place of planning, and it's a place of strategy. Now, now listen to what it says. It says that you and I, as the descendants of Abraham, are going to possess the gates of our enemy. What is that saying? That means that the enemy in your life, his plans, his purposes, his schemes are not going to come to pass in your life because you're possessing his gates. In other words, he doesn't have authority over you. You have authority over him. And God's saying, I'm going to open a new gate for you. I'm going to open a new door of access to you. And you can come into a new place of blessing, a new place of favor, a new place of the grace of God. And when your enemy tries to make plans against you, you possess his gates. You possess his gates. Now, I want to go to another verse. I want to go to Matthew 16, 18. <clears throat> Matthew 16, 18 says, And I also say to you that you are Peter. Now, Jesus is talking to Peter, obviously. And on this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, stop right there and let me explain something to you. Right before this, Jesus asked Peter, Hey, who do people say that I am? Well, some think you're a prophet, and some think you're Elijah, and some think you're crazy. And then he said, who do you think I am? And he said, well, I know who you are. You're the Christ. You're the one and only Son of God. You're the Lamb who's come to take away our sin. And here's what Jesus said to him. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. You didn't figure that out up here you figured it out right here. Okay, it's called revelation knowledge. Listen, when you heard the gospel, wherever you heard it, if you heard it preached in church, you heard it with a friend, you heard it with a family, it doesn't matter where you heard the gospel. I heard the gospel in my living room as a 12-year-old boy. The pastor came and shared it. And when I heard the gospel, you know what I thought? Hey, I want this Jesus in my life. And he said, well, let me lead you in a prayer. And I prayed a simple prayer that many of you in this room have prayed. And I invited Christ into my life. How did I know to do that? Because the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. Are you with me? How did I know it was the truth? Because the Holy Spirit revealed it. And here's what I want you to see. The church of Jesus Christ is not built on Peter. The church of Jesus Christ is built on Jesus Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the foundation, not Peter. The church isn't built on a man. It's built on Jesus Christ and on the revelation of understanding who he is. Are you with me? All right, let me keep reading. Listen to what it says. 
He says, on this rock, I will build my church. And here it is. Here it is again, gates. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Stop right there. Now, that's the second reference I've given you this morning, that the devil's plans for you. Now, you do know the devil has plans for you, right? But his plans are thwarted. His plans are stopped. His plans for your children are stopped. His plans for your grandchildren are stopped. His plans for your future are stopped. Why? Because I'm a descendant of Abraham and God's opening a new door for me. He's opening gates for me and the enemy has no power or authority over me. Why? Because I possess his gates. That's good, amen? Ashley's excited, thank you. Amen? Let me keep reading, listen to what it says. It says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What are keys for? Keys are to open gates. Keys are to open doors. Do you know you have to have authority to have keys? You know that, right? If you have keys, you have authority. You don't have a key to my car. You know why? It's not your car. I don't have a key to your car. Now, you, I know you'd let me borrow it. If I came and said, hey, can I borrow it? You'd say, of course you can borrow it. But I don't have the authority to just come get it and take it. Correct. Now, I used to be in the janitorial business for 10 years. I cleaned office buildings, and I swabbed toilets. In the name of Jesus, in the name. Yeah, I wasn't cleaning my toilet. I was cleaning some toilet some stranger used. And, you know, I needed gloves, amen? Because I was hired to clean buildings, they gave me keys. And I had access to all kinds of buildings throughout this entire area. One time I was at a bank in Plainview and I was with my crew and we were cleaning this bank and I heard this knock on the back door. Well, I went to the back door and it was this lady and I cracked the door open and I said, yes, ma'am. She said, hey, I work here and I left some papers and I need to get in and get them. And I said, no, ma'am. No, she said, no. No, you don't understand. I, I work here, and, and I need to get in and get some papers. And I said, no, ma'am. I said, here's what we'll do. I'll close the door. You get your key out, and you unlock it, and you come on in. Well, she was plenty upset with me because I would not let her in the building. Now, here's what I know, and I wasn't trying to be mean. If I'd have let her in the building, and she would have robbed the place, right, and then to come back and said, how, co- how come you let, uh, you know, Pistol Louise in the building? <laughs> Did she hold you up with a gun? No, she said she worked here. Well, she doesn't work, right? I'd have been in trouble. So I wouldn't let her in the building. Why? Because I was the person with the key. Don't miss this. Listen to what this says. It says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Listen, the key to the kingdom of heaven is the name of Jesus. And every time you use the name of Jesus, you have the power and the ability to bind the things in your life and you have the power and the ability to loose things in your life. And again, just to remind you, the enemy's plans are not gonna overcome you in 2018. Why? Because I'm possessing his gate and I have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? So I don't have to wonder anymore how to pray. I can bind and I can loose. I can pray, God, move in this situation because you've given me the keys of the kingdom. I thank you in the name of Jesus, you're moving in my life and on my family and on my children. 
whether it looks good or whether it looks bad. Chuck Pierce said God wants to open some new gates in our life. It's a year of new beginnings. Now, just for a minute, think about what you need in your life this year. I know some of you need healing. I know some of you need a financial miracle. I know some of you are believing God for a child. I know some of you need help in your marriage and in your relationships. I know some of you maybe need a different job or a better job. Maybe some of you are looking for a different place to live. He said two things. He said 2018 is a year of new beginnings. It's a year of new seasons. And I'm going to open a gate for you and give you access into what I've asked you to do. And I'm going to give you access into what you need me to do in your life. And you've been given the keys to the kingdom. You have the keys to heaven. And then you possess the gates of your enemy. Let me go to another verse. Psalms 100, verse 4 and 5. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, notice what it says. It says that when I come into the gates, notice that? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. We just got through doing that here just a few minutes ago. The band's up here. They're playing and singing. Yeah, it was up on the screens, the words. You know what we're supposed to be doing when we come in this place? God, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving. We enter into your courts with praise. Father, I'm thankful for what you're doing in my life. Then the last thing he says in this verse is I'm faithful to all generations. Chuck Pierce said God wants to move in our lives in three generations. Now, don't miss this. Do you know that the kingdom and the gospel can be lost in your family in one generation? What do you mean? Well, you can raise your kids in church. You can love them. You can take the gospel. You can do everything you know to do. And then if they don't pass it to their children, it's lost in one generation. Okay, pastor, I don't want that to happen. How do I not make that happen? It's very simple and very powerful. Your Sunday life needs to match up with your weekly life. Now, I'm not talking about being perfect. But you see, if you're one way on Sunday, but you're another way during the week, it's hypocrisy. And there's nothing harder on your children than hypocrisy. And it'll make them reject God. It'll make them reject the church. It'll make them reject Christianity. Those two things have to line up. Again, I'm not talking about not sinning or making mistakes. We all make mistakes. But I'm talking about they, they connect. You see, that we're Christians at home just like we're Christians at work, just like we're Christians in church. It's not just a thing we do on Sunday. Now, you know what Deuteronomy says? Deuteronomy says when we get together with our families, we're supposed to be reminding ourselves how good God is. It says when you lie down at night, listen, when you tuck your kids in, your grandkids in, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to read them a story. You're supposed to pray for them, and you're supposed to remind them of how good God is. When you rise in the morning, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to pour the milk on the Cheerios and make the toast and remind everybody of how good God is. When you get home that evening for supper and you're uh, whatever it is that you're cooking, you're ordering pizza, you're going to Dairy Queen, you're making fried chicken, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to all get around the table and remind each other how good and how faithful God is. It says when you lie, when you lie down and when you rise up. Listen, every time you gather with your children and your grandchildren, talk about how good God is. 
Talk about how he's faithful. Talk about how he's moved in your life. Talk about how we have a roof over our head because of the grace of God. We're Americans because of the grace of God. We have a car in the driveway because of the grace of God. We have a job and income because of the grace of God. He's been good to us and he'll be good to you. Then they pass it to their children. Then they pass it to their children. And it goes from generation to generation. Listen, my grandmother loved God. My father loved God. I love God. My son loves God. And my grandchildren are going to love God. Because we talk about it. And I just want to encourage you to do the same thing. God wants to move in your life generationally. Listen, if you sit in this church your whole life and you raise your kids here and they go out into the world and reject God, something's wrong. Something's wrong. So all I'm saying is, is you remind your family, you remind your children and your loved ones how good God is. You enter his gates with thanksgiving. You enter his courts with praise. You give thanks for his name. The Lord is good. His love endures and he's faithful. You know, when your teenagers say, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't know where I'm going to go to college. Or they get out there and they stumble and make mistakes. You know what you say? All I know is, is God is faithful. And God took care of me. Listen, I was nobody going nowhere to do nothing. Let me say it again. I was nobody. I know about me. I was nobody going nowhere doing nothing. And Jesus got a hold of my life and changed me. And I know he's changed many of you in here. Y'all were nobodies, going nowhere, doing nothing. And the grace of God landed on you, just like it did me, amen? All right, let me read you one more verse this morning. I wanna go to Psalms 118, 19. 118, 19, this is so good. Open for me the gates of the righteous. Wow. Don't you love that? Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. Now listen to it. I wanna show you something amazing. He says, open for me the gates of the righteous. You know who opened the gates for the righteous? Jesus. Jesus opened it with his blood, amen? When he hung on that Roman cross and died and spent three days in the grave, He opened the gates for righteousness. Here's my question. Are you gonna walk through? Are you gonna walk through into what belongs to you? Are you gonna walk through into the grace of God and the blessings of God? And you're gonna quit looking at your circumstances. You're gonna quit thinking how things are good or bad or otherwise, and you're gonna trust God. Listen to it. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. Chuck Pierce says, God wants to open some new gates for you this year. He wants to give you access this year. He wants you to remember that you're righteous and that you're in right standing with God. That's what righteous means, right? You see, I was the enemy of God, but I'm not anymore. I'm a son, and I'm chosen, and I'm deeply loved. I used to not always believe that, really. I went and walked this morning. At 7 o'clock. It doesn't matter what time it was. That just worked for me. So I went and walked this morning at 7 o'clock. And I've got my jacket on and my gloves on and my face mask on. I got to tell you this. Vicky and I were walking the other morning with my gloves on, my face mask on. I look like a criminal. And there was a police car there. And I think they were running radar. I think. I'm not for sure. 
And we're walking. I came up from behind, and this person, this police officer, and I stopped right there, and I looked in the window at him. And I'm just trying to be friendly. And, and I forgot that I had my mask on, and I'm, I'm all covered up like a criminal, you know? And Vicky's like, you better get away from that car is what you better do. So I'm just like, hey, yeah, it's not, you know. I, and I, they didn't say anything. They didn't roll their window down. It was cold. But I'm glad I didn't get shot, amen? <laughs> Listen, I was walking this morning, and I was just thanking God just for what I said. Father, I thank you that I'm righteous. I thank you that I'm in right standing with you. I'm thankful that you love me. I'm thankful that I'm your son. I'm thankful that you chose me. I didn't choose you. I'm thankful that Abraham's blessings belong to me. Father, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you've opened up new gates for me in 2018. I'm thankful that I'm moving into some new seasons. Listen, we need some things to happen in our family. We're believing God for some new seasons. We're believing God to walk through some doors. We need some things to happen in our life. And Jesus is doing them, amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let me pray for you. The Lord's good, amen? Father God, I love you. I'm so thankful for this great church, this great body of believers. I'm so thankful for what you're doing in our lives. And Father, I wanna pray for every person here this morning that Father, in 2018, Lord, they see clearer than they've ever seen. They see better than they've ever seen. And that, Father God, they move out of some old seasons and into some new seasons. And that, God, you open gates, you open doors, you open access into our lives. And the things we've been praying for, the things we've been trusting you for, that you begin to do those and we begin to see those things in our lives. Father, I love you. I'm thankful that you love us and that we're your children. And that as we leave this place, we're strengthened and we're encouraged. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Hey, I love y'all. Y'all gonna be blessed and have a great weekend.